Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. And a good Saturday morning. Scott Brigham in for Mike Raley on this Saturday. Mike has a rare Saturday off, but we are fortunate enough to have Gerald Adams here, groundskeeper, former groundskeeper of the Governor's Mansion. Of course, he is the maintenance supervisor at Centennial Campus at NC State. We will check in with Billy Howe at the State Farmer's Market in just a moment. And, of course, always taking your calls, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783, or WPTF. And before we get to the State Farmer's Market, uh, Gerald had a couple of questions, a one off air. And earlier in the first hour, Scott and Winston-Salem called with a really major problem here involving some horse manure that yes. messed up a significant we, amount of his garden here. So uh, I believe it was Scott. I did I did a little quick research, and yes, I, I was on the right track. It says uh, applying crushed charcoal and even charcoal dust is even better all over will help bind to the herbicide. Off the top of my head, I don't know where you would find. That sounds like a lot of charcoal for the amount that you've put out, but that is one of the things that you can do. Also, I think turning the soil over and over. Of course, it may be difficult to remove the manure if you've done worked it into the soil, but one of the things I saw out of some research that was done in Montana uh, is that sunlight helps break the herbicide down. So the more you turn that soil over and over and over, then you've got a chance to break it down that way. Uh, and if you are able to remove a little part of it and maybe add that chicken manure uh, back into it, uh, it seems the, the rule of thumb seems to be that if you're doing can add the charcoal and maybe turn the soil over, that maybe this is only a one or two year problem and then by then the herbicide is, is washed out uh, of the soil. And maybe if you can go to just turning the soil over and over this year, you may, have a have a remedy by next year. Hopefully the, that'll be the case. Please check back with us next year and let us know how this works out. Yeah, and again, Scott had a really really big garden. Is yes, it, is, a lot. So if this was, <laughs> this, could we run across a similar problem in our smaller gardens? You, you like could. This? I mean, it's very possible. I mean, somebody could have got one pickup load and put it in three raised beds. Yeah, uh, and had the very same problem. Now, fortunately for them, would be a little easier to remove clean out three raised beds, right. you still would need. And another thing that might work, too, uh, for Scott is he might could try to solarize that soil, which in the summertime you take plastic and cover it with, and that builds up the soil temperature. That might would help break down that herbicide, the grazon, which is in there, which is causing the damage. Do you recommend covering the ground with plastic as you're growing plants to cut down on weeds, or is that could that heat up the soil? I, and, and... I do not, generally speaking, uh, because if you're not careful, you can really increase the soil temperature. Right. You see it done where uh, strawberries are grown yeah. and where uh, tomato production is grown. They are doing it more because they are treating that soil uh, beforehand. Right. Uh, and that is, uh, 
Yes, it is a byproduct that it helps keeps the weeds down. They also have got drip irrigation running sure. up down the line so that <laughs> yeah. where they can keep control of the water amount perfectly, which would help cool it down, too. Yeah, a little more sophisticated on their end. Okay, do we go to our potted gardens here? We had a question about a German Johnson uh, tomato plant growing in a pot that everything's not yes, doing so the, well. Yes, the lady said that her blooms were falling off, uh, and it's two possible things. One, not shocking for any heirloom tomato this past week in 98, 9, 100 degree weather for the blooms to fall off before they can pollinate. Uh, second possibility, uh, I do not know what size container she had the plant in. If it was in too small of a com- container, like maybe a three gallon pot, and I think even a five gallon bucket is too small for a German Johnson. It could have filled it up with roots already, and that stress that that's putting on the plant because it doesn't have room for the roots to spread out, that could cause the blooms to drop as well. Could be a combination of both, but you could have a beautiful, big enough container, big plant, and 100 degrees would do the blooms in. Is she okay changing the plant to another pot, or would she damage it at this point? Maybe difficult. I'd have to know what size pot and if, if she, how easily she could move right. it, because if it's producing... Uh, blooms already sounds like it could be a pretty good size pot. Uh, doing something to take some of the heat stress off of it uh, to where if she can move the pot around to get it out of some of that, you know, 2 to 5 o'clock yeah. hottest part of the day might would help. But there ain't a lot you can do when it's yeah. 98, 99 degrees. You just hope for cooler weather. Yeah, I know a lot of people probably having this problem because I can't help but drive around and see yes. small yes. potted gardens from right. here because people may not have the space. They may want to put it where the sunlight is. And you only have a limited space, and you're seeing a lot of those old kind of long bathtub, right? Right. And, and so the galvanized it, water yeah. troughs are being used a lot, and that's perfectly fine, long as you've got them where they drain, yeah, uh, uh, properly. But I run in uh, with the people that I sell tomato plants to every spring. They're using too small a pot for the tomatoes. They're right. trying to grow a eight foot tall. German Johnson or Cherokee Purple and have it in a three or five gallon pot. It's just not a big enough pot. Is it the same situation as not separating them enough in a garden? Uh, usually not as much. You can put them too close. to what, The biggest problem in a garden, if you've done a raised bed, if it's not enough soil. Right. Like a six-inch board, which maybe you've got five inches of soil, would be fine for lettuce and some shallow roots. It's not enough for peppers or tomatoes. Yeah. I usually recommend for people to have at, at least – 10 inches of soil. I use 2 by 12 treated timber, which gives me about 11 inches of soil. Yeah. Uh, but 9 to 10 inches of soil, you can pretty much grow any vegetable. How often in. should we rotate um, in our raised beds? Every year, really? okay. <laughs> which is which is almost <laughs> impossible unless you're only growing one or two vegetables. Yeah. Which So uh, really looking at the rotation becomes more of an issue if you had disease problems. Okay. Uh, and in particular, getting into the not growing potatoes behind tomatoes and, yeah. <laughs> and, and things like that, that, that's a pretty easy something people can Google uh, to find the list of plants that don't do well yeah. going behind another one. <laughs> and then again, the list of plants that are good to plant. 
You know, always planting uh, peas, for instance, put nitrogen nodules in the soil, so you're going to have more nutrients for whatever comes behind All right. that the following year. That's pretty simple stuff that you can find online. All right. Well, they're always growing and selling out of the North Carolina Farmers Market, and we're lucky enough to have uh, Billy Howell with us on this Saturday morning here on the Weekend Gardener. Our guest, uh, Gerald Adams, Grounds Maintenance Supervisor at Centennial Campus over at NC State, and Billy Howe here with us. And uh, Billy, finally some uh, nice temperatures for folks to get out and about at the uh, Farmer's Market. Good morning. Good morning, sir. All right. What you got for us out there? Good morning, Gerald and Scott. Uh, yeah. How you doing, Billy? I'm doing. I'm a little bit tired. We've been working right on through the night around here cleaning up the storm damage. Yeah, a lot of storm damage people picking up from uh, really anywhere from Alamance County on in through uh, Wade County. So uh, how's your day start beside the uh, storm damage? You able to get things going? Yes, sir. All right. Um, what you got for we us? We got everything cleaned up pretty much. Um, when I come up here, the farmers were here at midnight last night cleaning up their spaces. A lot of them were um, with vendors and maintenance here. Um, got the trees out of the driveways and parking lots and ready for business this morning. All right. Well, folks, come out to the farmer's market. What can they expect to find? What's, uh, what's jumping out there right now? Oh, we've got uh, plenty of peaches. Uh, cantaloupes have started coming in. Uh, we have our normal stuff as well, apples and beets and Brussels sprouts. Mm. Uh, we have like three different colors of cauliflower and probably seven, seven, eight different colors of bell peppers and tomatoes are abundant. Uh, we have carrots and red and white onions and we have uh, cabbage, pointy-head cabbage, uh, potatoes, strawberries. We still have some strawberries, um, zucchini. Um, we have raw peanuts, uh, eggplants, uh, snap beans, uh, blackberries, blueberries, and nectarines. Corn is coming in. You can get it shut right here in the stand. The girls will shut it right up for you. Wow. Uh, okra has started coming in. You got a lot of stuff out there. Any watermelons yet, Billy? <laughs> um, I think that I saw where uh, there was some in from probably uh, Duplin or Pender County. Okay. I, I think we got a few. Well, I ain't had a decent one yet this year. The grocery store ones are not getting it done for me, so I'm I'm ready for one. Are you? Well, we're ready for you to be back out here. I don't have nobody to aggravate. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, what makes uh, where where are our watermelons coming at the grocery store? Plant area, we have um, hanging baskets and fruit trees and shrubs and boxwoods, all types of house plants, a bunch of uh, cone flowers. They were pretty. I was looking at them. Um, The plant area didn't get destroyed too bad last night. Um, Down at the end. Uh, where our boxwoods and fruit trees is. The wind knocked some of them over, but it wasn't much damage to them. Not as bad as uh, the produce area. Uh, our tent come about halfway down. We had to take it on down. Where it has all our cut flowers and all, but the cut flowers are here today, as well as the cookie people and the German baker. 
All kinds of goodies out there. I know a lot of people probably may have a need to be replacing some plants and shrubs after the winds went through. So, a uh, good opportunity to come down to the farmers market and maybe see find some things to replace what you lost in the storms last night. That's right. <laughs> if, uh, if your grass is um, dying or it's time for you to go ahead and resod your yard, we have Super Sod here, and they can help you with a lot of your lawn issues. And then this weekend is Father's Day. And uh, I don't know what Gerald's going to buy me this year, but I'm looking forward to something. <laughs> Gerald, any ideas? Uh, if I could find a dry piece of toast somewhere, <laughs> a that real pro- dry piece, that, that probably sure. would probably would be it. <laughs> and, you can go up there and buy me one of those hammocks or one of those wind chimes. Yeah, I'll take a comb and buy ice cream out of the market shop. Don't don't be putting any uh, screws in a tree to put it up with just yet. <laughs> hey, if you can get those tomato plants just a little more sturdy, I've got an idea for them. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> of course, of course, people can come out there for Our the reasons. Shop has a lot of good gift ideas: yeah. jellies, jams, cutting boards, um, ice creams and cakes. Lemonade, fresh baked bread. We have uh, local seafood is in that building, as well as uh, May Farms, uh, which has beef, pork, chicken, lamb, maybe a few other things. Three, two, one coffee, and uh, our grill is in there with hot dogs and hamburgers. And in fact, this morning I got me a ham and egg sandwich for men there. Cause I was a little bit hungry after all that tree trimming. Yeah, you mean doing some work made you hungry? It didn't take much. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a perfect day to take a pre-Father's Day. You can give Dad a pre-Father's Day gift and just spend the whole morning and have that there at the uh, farmer's market. Yes, we have the seafood restaurant there open. Um, and a regular restaurant, uh, State Farmer's Market restaurant with good old-fashioned country cooking uh, meal. And then market imports, all the different flower pots and statues and bird baths, and they have wind chimes and all types of um, neat signs. It doesn't matter if you like old, um, like old uh, gas station signs and oil stations and motorcycle signs, and tractor signs, all that stuff's up in market imports. All right, Billy Howe at the State Farmer's Market. Sounds like plenty of opportunity for folks to get out and enjoy a full day and celebrate Father's Day a day early and bring Dad and just have a great day and get everything you can in one stop at the State Farmer's Market. Billy, thank you so much. Have a great day, and we will uh, check in down the road. Appreciate it. Stay cool, man. All right, y'all come see us. We'll Will see do. you, Billy. All right, this got a whole bunch of stuff out there, man. Oh, yeah, you can go out there. I mean, when I, when I sell plants in the spring, it's yeah. like a – I'm nonstop eating. Yeah, from, from, from going, it's when unbelievable. I, I always hear when the when the uh, gardener goes on location at the farmers market, everyone wants Just to kind of tag along, high up on the list. Yeah, because I volunteer, Mike. Yeah, Mike, yeah. I'll come. <laughs> People are engineer for free, I believe, all that day because yes. the food's so good. All right, let's go ahead and check in with uh, Judy in Apex. She's on the weekend gardener here on WPTF. Judy, good morning. Good morning. What can I we help you with? To call in about the gentleman who needed. Um, charcoal or biochar in bulk. Um, we have biochar for sale at $10 a cubic foot. Um, you do have to buy the full container. Um, those are The containers are actually um, 250 to 400 gallon liquid containers, but we'll measure to determine the cubic foot. There is a deposit on the container that has to be returned. Um, it's loaded uh, with uh, a bobcat fork 
So you need to have a truck or something, a trailer that can handle um, that quantity. Um, and again, it's $10 a cubic foot. Um, if someone is interested, uh, the number to call is 828-406-5486 or 919-614-3028. So that's for biochar in quantity. It, and where are y'all located at? Apex. Apex. 751. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I need to know that. I hope I don't need to know it for the same reasons that Scott does uh, up in Winston Salem. But that's that's nice to know. I knew there had to be somebody around with it, and I hope yeah. I don't have to get looking for it. But it's good to know that you're close by. Well, it's good for lots of reasons. It's good to just have in your garden uh, to mix in with your soil. So there's many benefits to the biochar. Um, so. Give us a call. We'd be glad to chat with you. Thank you so much for letting us know about it. All right, Judy, thank you. You're welcome. So is this something that people should kind of look into putting into it? Oh, yes, there's there's no question about it. I mean, we get – we don't – I don't normally get calls like this morning where someone had 20 tons, and, I mean, that's, you know – it's exceptional to hear about that much. But people all the time run in issues where – too much glyphosate damage, you know, yeah. Roundup or whatever. They did something. Right. They did had a crazy spilled spilled fertilizer or you yeah. know, all kinds of things like that. So it's, it's lots of good reasons to know about that. Yeah, I think one year we put the year round Roundup in the garden, stuff right. And it uh, <laughs> kind of messed up the garden for a year. Now, if you do that, is that something that would work with uh, yeah, Roundup? G- g- generally speaking, yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a break here on the weekend gardener. Coming up, we have calls from Steve uh, Rufus online as well as a uh, Nelson Cox. Voting in here on the Weekend Gardener. Lots to talk about. Gerald Adams with us here. Scott Brigham in for uh, Mike Raley. This is Rufus Edmiston and the Charlie Alverson Band. We're going to play a little music and light up a life. You wouldn't read the letter that I wrote you You wouldn't let me call you on the phone But there's something I'm wanting to tell you So I wrote it in the words of this song I didn't know God made honky-tonk angels I might have known you'd never make a wife You gave up the only one that ever loved you side of life The glamour of the gay-night life has lured you to the places where the wine and liquor flow There you wait to be in 
And gave up the truest love you'll ever know I didn't know God made honky-tonk angels I might have known you'd never make a wife You gave up the only one that ever loved you And went back to that wild side of life And went back to that wild side of life Weekend Gardener continues here on WPTF. I am Scott Brigham and filling in for Mike Raley. We are glad to be joined by Gerald Adams, Grounds Maintenance Supervisor at Centennial Campus. And the music you just heard of Rufus Edmonston calling in now here on the Triangle on the uh, Weekend Gardener. And uh, Rufus, well, you have, we have you on television here, a retrospective on uh, Spectrum News, a bunch of Watergate dealings. And now we have you uh, here with us. You're everywhere. Multimedia this well, morning, God, Rufus. I'm I must say that was a fine band that played. I don't know about that singer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the singer kept pace with the band. Gerald Sway if he likes it. Yep, we loved it. How are we it doing was this done morning? In, in 1983. Uh-huh. But anyway, uh, I'm here in, in our nation's capital trying to straighten this mess out. Not having much luck, but we had a wonderful time last night. It's the 50th anniversary of the Watergate uh, break-in. We had a lot of North Carolinians. I was really proud of North Carolina. We had our friend Gene Boyce, the local attorney, who, who gave a little talk. We had Dean Rich Leonard from the, the Campbell Law School. Uh, Deborah Ross came. Senator, Senator Burr's office was there. And uh, believe it or not, we had Woodward and Bernstein show up, no. the two famous <laughs> authors of all the president's men. So it's been a good weekend, but I cannot wait to get back home. And I want to know, Scott and Gerald, did it rain any yesterday? <laughs> yes. Or the day before? Two, both. You got rain both of those nights. But. You might have a little wind damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it rained a lot in well, a short gotta, period of time I gotta yesterday. I got to protect my Gerald tomatoes. <laughs> Scott, I'm, I'm down now to three, three containers, uh, too many nematodes. I've, I've farmed the place now for. Uh, 40-some years, and you can't just get tomatoes out of that. And, you know, you introduced Gerald a while ago. He is also the tomato king. Yep. Well, about it. I have good news for you, Rufus. If your production is low, I will see to it that you don't go hungry. You know, I figured that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that gives me great joy. And uh, you all mentioned farmer's market a while ago. Gerald loves those honey buns. Yes, I'm. Now he, and also, he, there's a peanut uh, place there. What's that called, Gerald? Popcorn place that you go crazy over? Uh, the kettle corn. I'm very fond of the kettle corn. I'm their number oh, one yeah. taster to make sure the batches are up to snuff. And I haven't found one yet that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, do you, yes. do you know anything about gardening? Uh, I, I am a novice. I've, uh, you know, my dad used to take me out to his garden. He had a plot behind Finley Golf Course uh, back in the day when they had some public lots out there. So we kind of learned how to do it there. And I have two raised beds 
in my backyard in Mebane, out there in Alamance County, with a lot of sun. So my tomatoes. He uh, showed me some good pictures, Rufus. Yeah, He's doing pretty good. Yeah, I got some squash. I got some zucchini. Oh, got some great cucumbers. Uh, my okra is starting to pop, and I just got my first few uh, sun gold tomatoes. So I'm waiting for my other. Uh, I got some German Johnsons. I got some uh, Best Boys, some Better Boys, a whole bunch of stuff. But I'm, I'm not up to snuff with what uh, – Gerald's got going, but uh, well, no, he's going to no, hook no, me up next year. Nobody can quite, <laughs> quite compete with that. No. But it is funny how people, uh, those little little yellow beautiful tomatoes, you, you'll mention to anybody, and they'll bring up those little, little boogers. But yeah. they're just the best-tasting tomato. Of course not. You, you'd have to make the very small sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like just sitting out there in the garden and eating them right off the vine. They're perfect right off the vine. Them making it to the house is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I showed my wife how good yeah. they are after I eat Well, them. you know, you mentioned Scott, too, going back to some of the old things. Better boy, better boy, big boy, better girl. Uh, th- those are hard to beat, really. Yeah. I just like the we, big ones we, that I can put we, in my... We might get to the point where we're, we're planting Gerald so many heritages that we're going to develop some diseases well the, the diseases come and go and in our heat and humidity seems like they're always on the go uh, uh there are a few things people can do but you're you're at the mercy here if you're growing tomatoes and you're not and you're trying to do it all organically and not use any kind of chemicals you you really are rolling rolling the dice in that regard but it's one good thing about planting. I tell people, don't ever plant all of one kind. Uh, you mix up the varieties because some of them do way better than others each year, and you can't ever predict which varieties are going to do the best. Yeah. Now, I haven't... Now, all of us have known somebody that has spent over $100 per tomato plant because they want to walk out there and pick their own tomato. I'm, I'm that way. I'm not going to spend $100 because I... <laughs> I've got the good stuff, the, the, the black cow <clears throat> and and the Gerald tomato. And, Gerald, I haven't seen any, any reason yet to do any spraying of any kind. No, I, I mentioned it a little while ago, Rufus. So far this year, it's looking like less disease issues, and I think that's kind of directly uh, related to not as much rain, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Drier yeah. conditions usually make for uh, less tomato diseases. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's just, it's just a little bit nicer up here today than yesterday. We're going to hop that train. I recommend to people, if you want to come to Washington, D.C., uh, and you, you've got an extra hour to spare, jump on the train. Yeah. They do all the driving. <laughs> they come into Union Station. You can get you some, some nabs. And even I even found a Dr. Pepper yesterday. Oh. So we're good. Right. And I want to tell you how much I miss being on the weekend gardener. Scott, you're a you're a good you're a good fill in. Appreciate it. And and <laughs> nobody can take old Mike's place. No. And what wasn't he pretty on that T V spectrum show? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, kinda of in the in your limelight he looks good. I'd say that. How about <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice show. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mike taking a rare uh, Saturday off uh, to go down to uh, Charleston for some, for a wedding to be with some family members and stuff. So we're that's, that's correct. more than happy to fill in for him. He is, uh, works uh, works this show diligently, and you guys take it on the road quite a bit. So I'm sure folks are eager for you to get back on the road out on location, Rufus. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All well, right. I, I want to say we're getting ready to 
go try to get on a train in order to tell all my friends at the Weekend Gardener that I said hello and happy gardening. And, Gerald, we'll see you later. And, Scott, you're a great announcer. All right. We appreciate it, sir. Happy anniversary on the uh, Watergate celebration. And I'm glad you had a good representation from North Carolina up there. We do travel well, don't we? <laughs> oh, uh, thanks a lot. All right, Rufus. We'll see you, Rufus. All right. He'll be back. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Safe travels. And, of course, he'll be back next week on the Weekend Gardener. Always good to hear from uh, Rufus at a big weekend. Wow, 50 years since Watergate. That's amazing, isn't it? I do remember it. Granted, I was fairly young then. I yeah. think middle school age when all that went down. Yeah. But I, I do remember. Yeah, and it's something that uh, we have a unique tie to and something that just always seems to be relevant around North Carolina, especially with Rufus involved. All right, let's uh, go back to the phones here. Steve in Garner here on the tr- on the weekend. Garner, along with uh, Gerald Adams here. Scott Brigham in for Mike Raley, 919-860-9783. Steve, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. What's up? Well, my daylily garden is in full bloom. We have probably about 325 blooms and uh, plants in bloom right now, but we're getting close to our peak. All right. How's the uh, how's the weather handling you out there? Well, we're down. Uh, the blooms are very across the road at the and knocked the power out last night. But I'm on generators, so I'm, I'm I'm mitigating. I got a generator running. All right. Well, Steve, but, get- uh, my garden is an open garden for tours. Today would be a beautiful day to come. Uh, great weather. The blooms are absolutely magnificent. Uh, we sprayed with uh, our garden last night, so we didn't have that much deer damage today. And we got a bad call there from uh, Steve. So that's Steve and his daylily farm in Garner. Go out there and uh, check it out. The daylilies uh, full bloom this time of year, pretty much? Uh, yes, yes. You get into the summertime, and Steve would know more about daylilies yeah. than anybody I, <laughs> I know of there. And you, typically the mid-June, mid to later June is when they're peaking there. And he's, yeah. he's got lots of ones you've never seen right. <laughs> uh, anywhere before. Um, uh, is, that, so, that's for sure. So there is still is this still a good time to plant in the uh, not necessarily our garden, but in the yard? Is it, or is it just kind of a downtime right now? I, I like to say this is a downtime. I mean, the, there are not many things. I mean, you could still do maybe some vegetable stuff, and you but you you just have to know if you plant anything now, you're putting it under a lot of stress in this heat. Right, you're going to have to water the dickens out of it, and you very well could wait to September to plant it. And in a month, that plant looked better than the one that you planted now because right. of, you know putting it through all that stress. So, really, now's the time. Maybe you're doing another hanging basket or yeah. some kind of small thing like that, or you know, adding a little something to your vegetable garden, starting a you know a second crop of cucumbers okay. or some, something like that. But uh, I would not be planting any shrubs or trees right. or anything like that now. Wait to the fall, and particularly. Usually you get to mid to late September, you got a green light from then to Thanksgiving to get everything in the ground. Yeah, so say something isn't growing in your garden, it didn't work, it's okay to put something else like a, a yes. vegetable? You yes, know. most most definitely. And and don't forget, so say you planted some stuff last fall. Yeah, You really didn't have to water it much, got through the winter, got through the spring. You really need to keep a close eye on it now that we're getting this hotter weather and until the last couple of days, this dry weather. 
Uh, there are not many trees and shrubs that that first summer is, is pretty critical to make sure they get through unscathed, I yeah. guess is the way I would put it. So do do keep an eye on those things. And it's not like you got to go out there every day and water a tree or shrub, but you go seven days with 95-plus and no water, yeah. and just everything gets under some kind of stress then. And, and just that wetting it down good one time may be enough to make the difference. Uh, Gerald Adams with us here. He is the grounds maintenance supervisor at Centennial Campus. Also used to be the grounds uh, manager at the Governor's Mansion. Um, you mentioned that you guys are pretty busy at a Centennial Campus we, right now. We've been rolling. Well, one, we've got a lot of uh, flower beds, annual beds, so yeah. we've had to up the. And unfortunately for us, most of them are not irrigated. Yeah. <laughs> we have to hand water, and that's been heavy. And and for some reason, the weeds don't mind that it is dry and hot. They yeah. still are popping up yeah, uh, everywhere. To... So so getting them removed, we're not quite as strained because campus doesn't have as much activity. There are summer school classes going on now, but we don't have that 35,000 or whatever the enrollment <laughs> yeah. uh, is now go, going back and forth. So it's a little bit easier pace because sometimes we have to work around, of course, the students and things going on and classrooms. We can't yeah. be making noise outside <laughs> while, while that. But, yeah, this, this hot re- weather, uh, hot dry weather, I should say, really brings on a little extra work for us. Do you have kind of a plan for what you guys are going to do and then wait and see how the weather impacts that? Uh, yeah, well, we basically, you know, I, each Monday we, we look at the weather, and I don't want to talk ill of, you know, weather people, but, you know, they're not always accurate. <laughs> well, it's either rain or it's a 50-50 chance. It's going to rain or it's not going to rain. <laughs> right, so we, we, we do look at that as we're scheduling things that we're going to do. The one good thing is when it's this hot – uh, Roundup works really quickly and yeah. really well, so killing the weeds is a, a little bit easier, and particularly any if they've been under stress from heat and dry temperatures. So that makes our job a little bit easier to do. But yeah, we we have we work around. We kind of get our guys going earlier, so if we've got more physical things to do, yeah. we get it done in the morning when it's cooler and not in that one two o'clock scorching Oof. heat in the afternoon. So staying hydrated is something we have to stay on on top of with you know, just like anyone else should do if yeah. they're working outside. Oof. All right, Gerald Adams with us here on the weekend. Gardner Scott Brigman in for Mike Rayley. Back to we go to the phones of Steve and Garner calling us back. Uh, it's like we better connection here. Steve, hello once again. Good morning. Well, we're down in a hole, so it's a, <laughs> it's a weak connection. I just want to let everybody know the name of my garden is Just One More. They can go to the Raleigh Daily Club website, and the bottom right-hand corner, bottom tab is Display Garden, and it'll give them the address and phone number. Of course, it's our, it's our house phone. And right now, Spectrum is down, so yeah. we don't have internet connection. We don't have our phone. Uh, but they're welcome to come. We're not going anywhere. We can't. So uh, they didn't tell us when our power is going to be back up. But uh, we are open. So if they want to come and tour our garden, it's called Just One More, and it's in Garner. All right, Stephen Garner, just one more, and folks can come by and check out the uh, Daylily Garden and get out on a nice day, enjoy some of these more mild temperatures than we've seen the past uh, few days here. 87, I think the high today, 82 tomorrow, so good time to get out. Steve, thank you. Good luck today. Oh, thank you for letting me call back. 
All righty. And I got a text from my wife that power and tree crews are in and around our house. So hopefully that's good news because we were in, we're right on the Alamance Orange County border and we lost power last night. And just that whole straight line looks like from Alamance over through Wake County into Johnston County, uh, dealing with some uh, sporadic power outages and a lot of trees down. And, uh, you know, a lot of people out there, I, I used to worry about, uh, you know, batting down the hatches when the winds came. Now I run out to my garden to right, make sure that the tomatoes right. are tied down. They blow down. my tomatoes over. I know, yeah, I, uh, I, I know all about that. <laughs> so, you know, is there are, are there ways to protect our gardens from uh, upcoming storms, or is just something you have to, you know, hope, it, hope it, it's okay? <laughs> lots of times it's something you have to live with. I am almost to the point now, I, I grow lots of tomatoes in 25-gallon containers I have them caged, and then I have eight-foot bamboo stakes coming up out of them that I tie them off. And yeah. the taller they get, the more top-heavy yeah. <laughs> they, they get there. So I have done a series of things of having them because, you know, you can't put them aside. you got to have room to get around them. Yeah. Uh, so I've done a few different creatives because I have had them blow over uh, before, mm. uh, and that can do damage to the plant, and that can do damage to the fruit, and that can make you say some ugly words <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when all that happens. Uh, so just being aware, uh, I mean, just sometimes it's, it's just nature's how, yeah. how, how things go. But getting out there quickly, you'd be surprised how resilient some plants can mm-hmm. be. Late, you, you may have to stake them or do something to help support yeah. them when they get back up. But the plants are pretty tough. I was surprised. I was a little ner- nervous when I went out last night after the storms went through. But I have about 16 tomato plants, and uh, they're all – Upright, so that's, that's good. good. That's <laughs> good. The other stuff will take care of itself as yeah. long as the tomato plants are in good shape. Yeah, and, and the weeds really enjoyed the uh, <laughs> rain last night, apparently, because they doubled in size since uh, yesterday. All right, lots to talk about as we head towards the uh, 10 o'clock hour here on the Weekend Gardener. You're hearing at Gerald Adams, grounds maintenance supervisor at Centennial Campus, and uh, according to uh, Rufus, the uh, tomato king. And as we uh, – when are we starting to see, for those who may be planted in uh, – around the normal time, maybe early May – uh, are tomatoes really starting to come in now? Are starting to jump. Tomatoes love warm temperatures at night. Yeah. So that's the byproduct of as we progress through May, and this year it seemed like we warmed up quicker with the daytime temperatures, and typically the nighttime lows you know, follow that as well. But, I mean, you can – they have – should have – if your tomatoes hadn't gone to town growing in the last three weeks, yeah. you have a problem yeah. <laughs> uh, there. And uh, – it's so shocking how quick you can go from seeing some fruit to having some fruit ready to pick. Yeah, and that's the whole point of all this uh, in in the first place. Uh, so uh, so far, and I'm knocking on wood right yeah. here at the table. Uh, it's been a, in general, I think, a better disease year than we've seen in the last several years. Hopefully, it will stay like that. There's what what really kills me every year is so many people finally decide that I'm going to start growing some vegetables in my yard. There are all kinds of things that may trigger that, eating healthier, food costs going through the roof, issues with, uh, you know, food being contaminated or whatnot. Uh, And I hate it because people – I don't hate that they're trying. I hate that they all seem to start with tomatoes, which can be challenging to grow. Yeah. Uh, Because of the disease issues, I could do your primer, follow A, B, C, D, E, F, G. (laughs) And if it's a bad disease year, you could have mediocre results where other vegetables are much easier in general to grow because they don't have the disease problems that tomatoes. So if you're new to growing, if you're having issues with tomatoes, fear not. 
peppers and all your other stuff is easy to grow. Yeah. I've been growing tomatoes all my life. I grew up on a farm where we some years had a five acre uh, you know, vegetable garden every year. Uh, and tomatoes are always a challenge to yeah. grow. But other things, much, much easier. Don't give up. Keep at it. Because, you know, I have people tell me all the time, I got seven tomatoes <laughs> off my thing, this, off my plant this year, but I'm going at it again yeah. next year. Because the, some people like the challenge. Uh, some people like the, well, I wish I'd have had more production, but it got me out of the house. Yeah. It got me away mm-hmm. from the phone. It got, it's just, you know. Stress was gone. I enjoyed the time doing it, even though I didn't get as much production as I would like. And for no other reason than that, that's a pretty good reason for people to get out and, yeah. and give vegetable gardening a shot. Yeah, I got out. I started doing it as a hobby with uh, something to do with my father, and right. I kind of enjoyed it. And I always, I've had really good luck with tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, just maybe all the sun that I get. Mm-hmm. But the challenge for me has always been after my first good batch of zucchini and right. squash. Squash vine borers. Yeah, that's when those guys take over. So I always get, they look beautiful, and then maybe a day or two later, it's like a bomb went off in there. And, right. Uh, you know, there are ways to prevent it, but there it can be tricky, right? You have to get, get around the base. Yeah, I, I know people, and me personally, I've had success doing a barrier. Yeah. So uh, take aluminum foil, go an inch below soil, come up an inch above. Squash fine bores usually attack right at the soil line. So doing that a barrier around the stem is one way you can slow them down. Some people have success putting those thin uh, cover covers over them yeah. that keeps them from laying the eggs that ends up going to the grub which causes you know the problem and all for you me that's kind of aggravating for me <laughs> but i do know people that have had success for that i i wrap all my stems yeah to, to try to slow them down and that works pretty good the next thing is if you have one limb that you see go limp cut that limb off and you're going to find that little booger yeah, in there mm-hmm. and then stomp up up and down on yeah. them five or six times. <laughs> At least you slow that one from spreading on to your other limbs and you may salvage the rest of the plant. Yeah, because they uh, look beautiful that. and all of a sudden the next day it's like, what happened? If you've got one main stalk that's flopped the next day, it's 99.9% likely a squash vine borer all right. got in there and did the damage for you. All right, because it's almost like you attacked them like my father used to go after voles. He would take a little, like a cage right. and put it that's down right. in the ground around right. Right. Uh, bushes and rose bushes because they would come from underneath. That's right, and uh, go right at them. And it's some of the same strategy. The only other way after that is using insecticides, and you have to be particular about which ones and the application <laughs> of them around the ground to get them. And some people don't want to go through that trouble and want to stay away from the insecticides anyway. Yeah, he had a fellow, uh, a friend of his, up from down the street. They would try to get together and use their heads to combat anything from voles to those boars to deer and right. he used to get on his hands and knees i remember putting a hypodermic needle into the base of the tree of yeah. the uh, yeah. in a bush to try to take care of those uh, boars and you, you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> if it works i don't begrudge and if people have found a way that works let us know yeah. you, i can't tell you all of the things that i have incorporated that i use over the year that somebody mentioned to me that may have sounded a little odd yeah well, when they mentioned it but lo and behold produced results i think it uh, kind of calmed his psyche that he tried everything right you know, he couldn't right. say well i tried everything and it didn't work he literally did try everything and there's new i guess creative ways to figure that out and we learned that earlier for uh, scott and winston salem with a right. bunch of uh, right. horse manure Whew. never knew that problem would be out there and all of a sudden here we are all right we'll, we'll check in with tom and smithfield as we start the next hour here on the weekend gardener heading towards uh, 10 o'clock scott brigham in for mike Rayleigh, gerald adams with us here 
till 11. Stop the squirrel bandits from stealing your bird seed. Our friends at Wild Birds Unlimited and Raleigh and Carrier are helping you do that with the squirrel-proof bird feeders they offer. And you can win one this month along with some of their famous no-mess seed. Just go to the WPTF contest tab at WPTF.com and uh, register. Wild Birds Unlimited. You can also register to win some cool stuff for uh, Father's Day, which is uh, tomorrow. A good day to get out and about in the landscape. And, uh, you know, dads uh, love to get out there. So maybe there's some good gifts to get for dad uh, tomorrow. What do you think? Uh, yes, you can always. I mean, we had to mar- call from the farmer's market a while ago. Yeah. You can't go out there and walk around and find something you think your dad would like. You're, you're not looking. All right, let's get the news uh, on WPTF. The Weekend Gardener.